a historical sexual crime, a young woman drugged and raped, a horrifying act of violence which changed both the victim and the perpetrator, a 19th century true story. It reflected the dark, seamy underbelly of the surface sheen of Victorian progress and prosperity. It was documented in the grim landscape of the post-war England by Henry Mayhew in his magazine London Labour and the London Poor. True stories of inequality, hardship, pain, suffering of the working class, the common people. He laid bare the uneasy truth of racism, xenophobia, misogyny. The statement of the rape victim a woman's voice mediated by the journalist, followed by a male consolatory voice mediated by the reader. This is Philip Larkin's setting for his poem, Deceptions. There's no compromise on the ruthless emotional intensity as Larkin reproduces this true story. I would not dare console you if I could. The woman's unspeakable distress becomes the reader's own. What does a reader expect now? A grim unfolding, a feeling of apprehension, disquiet. No matter how far away in time and history, the narrator and the subject inhabit an intuitive world. They share an intangible cord of the sensitive soul, a real connect through what both have in common, the physical body with its sensory experiences. The brutal violation, the cruel aggression, its terror is felt. The toxic bitterness of the drugged brew is tasted. The grief and anguish experienced like a searing flame. The narrator imagines the torment suffered by the helpless, innocent girl. All the unhurried day, your mind lay open like a drawer of knives. Look at Larkin's compact expression, exploding into pain with his chiseled precision. The unerring choice of words, lacerating a wound never to be healed. He imagines her all alone in the dark interior of her being, her chastity destroyed, her world in ruins, the petrified young girl grappling with a nightmare, while the outside world is in bright daylight, busy in its hectic hustle and bustle, keeping pace and purpose alive with activity. The dazzling sunshine, a celebration of life, bold and brazen. Where can her modesty hide? Hide her shame and disgrace? Where is the soothing balm for her raw, open hurt? He imagines her all alone in the dark interior of her being, her chastity destroyed, her world in ruins. The poet now turns to the rapist, the inflictor of pain. 
he reflects on the nature of desire as suffering, both so intrinsic to universal human experience. Desire is a natural impulse which drives man. It's overpowering, imperative. Where desire takes charge, readings will grow erratic. All the knowledge, the lessons, the moral values, the social norms are overhauled, they're overpowered. Suffering, on the other hand, is human. It's unwavering, it's exact. But desire comes from nature. It intoxicates, it's irrational. The sense of right and wrong disappearing, who then was less deceived? The one who suffered, says the poet. Larkin once said in an interview, the more sensitive you are to suffering, the nicer person you are and the more accurate notion of life you have. He tried to say this in Deceptions. The inflictor of suffering may be fooled, but the sufferer never is. The rapist harbored an illusion of fulfillment, relief, satisfaction. But instead, what was he left with? A barren sense of emptiness, an abyss of nothingness, but dark despair, the self-loathing and self-rejection, regret, shame, guilt. Stumbling up the breathless stair to burst into fulfillment's desolate attic. Larkin's deceptions is about desolation and chaos in life. Our effort to reach on, to aspire for things which are beyond our reach in life. One longs for infinity, which is nowhere. The beauty of somewhere, some place you're not in. Larkin's attic image is a reflection of a similar universe. A universe we create for ourselves. A fantasy, a delusion. The universe that gets shattered into fragments. Next, please, the sparkling armada brings no fulfillment, but only emptiness and disappointment. Larkin's portrayal of the rapist as a victim of the power exercised by nature suddenly drives the direction of the poem to a universal problem rather than the unethical act of rape. Both are victims of deception. The girl is overcome with grief, bitter, sharp, deceived by the rapist. The rapist suffering immensely because he is rejected by himself. The effort to console himself, stumbling, stumbling up the breathless stair to burst into fulfillment's desolate attic. Breathless, desolate, both are alienated. But the situation of the perpetrator is more serious than the victim. The problem of desire in him is greater than the grief in the girl. Slum years have buried you. I would not dare console you if I could. What can be said except that suffering is exact?
but where desire takes charge, readings will grow erratic. Desire is not a human creation. Human beings are blinded by nature. It's a universal human predicament and not for a Victorian rapist alone. Larkin once said, sex is designed for people who like overcoming obstacles. The motive of the rapist is to overcome his desire. It is not to destroy the girl's chastity or her virginity. After all, nature is blind power and man is the conscious victim. Is the poem about rape? Is it about rape as a crime? Not really. Larkin once said, People will never be unhappy again as we are unhappy. We were born in the very tip of the shadow. Everything I write now seems to come back to this landscape. We see in the poem that the conflict is not only between individuals but also between man and society. The social, economic, historical fabric which envelops him. The system in place that allows such atrocities that creates space for exploitation. What did the Victorian materialistic boom and economic prosperity do to the working class, the deprived, the destitute? It oppressed them. Every member of that society was a victim of deception, blind to the real abject state of their lives, glossed over by false culture and beliefs. The rapist violates the young girl, exploits her. Isn't he himself a mere cog in the machine? The machine of ever-increasing profit? Isn't he exploited by a more commanding, dominant authority? Isn't he a victim of desire, an imposition of nature? The desire is to overcome, not to destroy the girl. Isn't rape an attempt to do that? Love, companionship becomes deflected. It distorts itself into savage lust. It becomes cruel. The Victorian era saw the common people live in alienation, without compassion, with poverty, prostitution, oppression. They saw themselves as objects who failed to know themselves or one another. A people ravaged and hardened by war, longing to care, feel, respect, but finding themselves unable to do so. Larkin's poem contains sex, violence, desire. It's an attempt to step into distressing, terrifying experiences of uneasy emotions. The poet delves into the dark world of the common man in the Victorian society. He keenly observed 
not only something he had seen or heard, but also the historical documents he had read. A spectator, keeping a keen eye on the social reality and human life. In solitude, with a detached distance, contemplating, observing, that's Larkin. He gives us poems with vivid immediacy, with dilemmas, with questions. Where do we begin? With the ethical reform of individuals? The poet goes beyond them, to the cleansing of whole societies and periods, spans of time. The poem Deceptions is a reflection of human nature as seen in the social-political dynamics of the 19th century historical era. It's a reflection on the universal situation of man's suffering, his gratification of desire. 